Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Copy Coup Show. Copy Coup Show. Live from New York. Broadcasting worldwide on Blog Talk Radio. That's how I want it to sound every single time I walk back in a room. And the reason why I played that clip is because we have a, our own Brooklyn warrior that's back on the air with us. I want to say what's up to my homegirl, my good friend, my co-host, my founding co-host, Nachika Kepika. What's up? What's up? What's up? I got to do that one more time. Yeah, so we had a we had we had a rough we had a rough start of the show, but um just really quick, I just want to thank you for being back on the air with us. You've been away for a while. Everything is 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 good though. Everything is good. Everything is good. Everything is good. I'm glad to be back. I missed you. We I, we missed you too. Um, so we're back on the air. For everybody who's just listening now, who hasn't listened to the show over the last five years, La Chica Que Pica, Cynthia, my homegirl right here. She is actually one of the founding members of the Radio Copy Cool team. Uh, she started with me in July of 2005, I want to say. Yeah. 2005, yeah, yeah that was so six years ago. Yeah, and then um, before that, For Your Soul. And then, yeah, she's, she's been a contributing writer for Sofrito For Your Soul. She's been my good friend for way over 15 years. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's back on the air tonight, and we're going to be talking about self-sabotage. Uh, yeah. But before we go into that, I just want to uh, give a shout-out to a couple of people um, first off, I want to shout out to my whole Hispanicized family. Um, as you guys know, we actually um, spent a really good amount of time in uh, in Miami a couple of weeks ago uh, with the Hispanicized conference. Yeah, how was that? That was uh, pretty incredible, actually. <laughs> um, uh, for those who don't know, the, the uh, Hispanicized conference is actually kind of like the South by Southwest for Latinos. So it's it's a really big deal uh, in Miami. Um, we uh, it's basically twelve hundred to eighteen hundred Latinos taking over the Miami Strip, um, wow. talking about social media, talking about marketing, talking about uh, connecting with brands and and, and blogging and, and everything that has to do with online, uh, you know, everything online. Um, I had the great opportunity of being a board member for this year's conference, uh, and we worked on a scholarship fund that we'll talk about a little bit later on in the show. Um, but it was just great. I mean, one one of the things that was the craziest about this show, uh, about this uh, conference, was I got it. I'd never done karaoke before, and you've been trying to get me to do karaoke for years. I know. I All right. Know. <laughs> I know. You've been trying to get me to do karaoke for years. So I'm going to tell you something right now that you probably don't know, if you, unless you've been following me on Facebook. But um, I uh, I got a chance to do La Bamba with Louis Diamond Phillips at oh, Hispanic Size. <laughs> so. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of frame it for you. So so we're so we're at we're, we're at um Philly, we went to go see Philly Brown, uh, the yeah. movie Philly Brown with uh, with Gina Rodriguez, Edward James Olmos, and Louis Diamond Phillips. And after the premiere of the show, we went to this live karaoke bar called the Stage, where they have like a live band and everything. 
So we're all like we're all kind of hanging out in the in the VIP area where where they're doing interviews and stuff with the with the stars, and uh, and Manny comes over to me, Manny Reese, and says, "Yo, Louis Diamond says we should try to get him to do La Bamba," and I'm like, "Nah, he's not gonna do it. No, he's not gonna do it." So we actually walked over to him, and, and Manny tells him like, "Yo, we should do La Bamba." So he said he'd do it if we do it. All right. So all right. next thing you know, next thing you know, um, Manny's like, "Okay, well, if I go on stage and we start doing this, you better get up there." And I was like, "All right, no, no doubt." So I'm actually um, taking pictures with Gina Rodriguez, and these guys get on the stage and they actually start doing it. They start talking, they, they start singing La Bamba live on stage. So it's me, it, it, it's Louis Diamond Phillips, Manny Reese, which is the founder, one of the founders of Hispanicized Digital, and then uh, Jose Marquez, who owns a TV channel online called OVN Latino. Big shout out okay. to him. And uh, they get on stage, and then I'm, I'm actually in the middle of doing an interview and a couple of pictures with the press, so I run up on stage like halfway through the song. And I finish up with them, and it's just freaking awesome. So it was just yeah. a really great way to <laughs> kind of start my trip. Yep. Is there so, a video? Uh, there, there is a video. There is a video. Uh, it was Please, part of the rap video. Send it to us so I can last. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're, we're here tonight. Let's, let's get into the mix of things. We'll talk about Hispanicized later on. But uh, what, what I wanted to talk about tonight was self-sabotage. So one of the things that came up a lot, um, one of the things that came up a lot in my private conversations with a lot of the professionals over Hispanicize, uh, they, they just highlighted a bunch oh, of things. Like oh, I talked okay. to people. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. People. Okay. All right, I need you to turn that down. I'm oh, sorry. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, you good? You good? You're good. Yeah, I'm You're good. Rusty? It's been a while. It's been a while. I'm here. I'm here, people. All right. So, no, so one of the things that came up in a lot of conversations were people talking about different things that they wanted to accomplish since the last Hispanicize. And I heard a lot of people like, you know, como dan de excusa, that, you know, I didn't do this because, oh, this was, you know, or it wasn't right, or I didn't have enough money, right. or, you know, just right. a lot of things. And one of the conversations that came up with one, me and my colleagues that shall remain unnamed was, um, you know, we talked about how Latinos get in our, we kind of get in our own way. And we do a lot of things that kind of sabotage our own endeavors. Uh, and then we kind of like play victim and say, oh, you know, I would have done it, or I could have done this right. if this was in place, or that was in place. Yeah, we're on Caribbean time, I think. What's that? I said we're on Caribbean time. Mañana, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. We'll do it. yeah everything. From I do it tomorrow to, um, I, you know, I would have done it if I had the money or I mm -hmm. don't have the time or, or or I don't have the opportunity or nobody wants to partner with me, nobody wants to pay me. I mean, there's a million excuses. So. We wanted to talk a little bit about that. So we wanted to talk to people who think, who let things like procrastination, overeating, disorganization, and avoiding conflict, it, it kind of keeps them from living a full life. Um, I, I know I already have people on the air, so I'm just going to try to jump right into it. Um, caller from the 347, you are on the Capicu Show. Hello. Hello. Caller, caller from the 347. That's you. Are they shy? <laughs> Did they get shy? I don't know. I don't know. They got shy. Three four seven two seven two. That's you. All right. Oh, all right. <laughs> we got another call. Yeah, I have another caller here. This call, I know who this caller is. What's up, Nessa? Hey, how y'all doing? What's going on? You're back with us, huh? 
Not so much. I'm definitely interested in the subject matter. I like that you mentioned self-tabotage in terms of so many different realms, like with the eating, how we work, how we treat ourselves, how we treat other people. Um, you know, I've been a counselor and advocate for a long time, so I can say I have personal experience with self-sabotage, and I've also seen, you know, clients, women that I've worked with who worked really hard to get to certain goals and then sabotaged it at the last minute out of fear of what would come after that. So it's definitely something that um, can apply to the population at large that everybody probably does or has done on some level at some point. I think that there's nobody that's immune to this. I think that everybody has one particular area in their life that they struggle with that they actually self-sabotage. And let me tell you something. Having these conversations and me and, and, and Jazzy talking off air and just kind of getting ready for this show, I can't even tell you the revelations that I've seen just about my personal behavior, just like little things that I wouldn't even think that are considered self-sabotage or even passive-aggressive behavior with myself. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible the amount of things that we do every day that kind of hinder us. So, Nessa, I just um, real quick, um, Chica. Yes, I'm Nessa, here. Nessa, if you don't remember, is actually one of our first, first, first Radio Copy Cool listeners. I She's the one that was on every single show. She I was remember. the one that she was the one that actually used to bring us pots of rice and beans to the shows, <laughs> to the live shows. So I just wanted to kind of remind you who she was, so you could treat her with a lot of love. Because I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to a pot of food soon. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely, it's coming. It's coming, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so so um, talk to me. I mean, however much you want to share, talk to me about one of the areas that you feel that you've actually self-sabotaged yourself. Oh, I just did it today with food. I've been working out, I've been eating better, and today I was struggling to make a good food choice, but I ended up having a salad with some rice and maduro, and that was cool. And then I probably had like 20 Pringles chips. I mean, that's literally like 600 calories. And I was just like, why? Why did I do that? What's up with that? Like, I know how I want my body to look. I know how I want my body to feel. I went through all the trouble of thinking and planning and eating a healthy meal, and I just... You know, I said, I'll just have four chips. And I went back, like, four times, you know, to to the stupid container. And I had so many chips that it would completely nullify the fact that I ate a healthy meal. So I'm going to go take a walk after this to compensate for that. But um, I was frustrated that I made that choice. But at the same time, you're taking accountability for it by stating, you know, I'm going to go take a walk. So you're acknowledging it. And I think that's what's one of the most important things for all of us to acknowledge it, forgive ourselves, and move forward. That is definitely um, something that I've learned and have been practicing in my life is releasing judgment and understanding that it literally freezes progress and practicing compassion and saying, okay, this is what I did. It's beautiful to know where I am because it helps me know where I want to be. You know, and it was a great lesson in reminding me why I want to be in a different place, and then I get to decide that my next decision will take me to that other place. So I'd say the last six months of practicing that have um, created a big change in my life for the better. Nothing feels as bad anymore. And that's the thing about self-sabotage is that it's one thing to acknowledge it, like you said, but the other thing to the, is to then honor where it's coming from and honor that we can do things even when we're afraid or confused or unsure of what it means. We can still keep making positive moves and give ourselves the face of finding out what will happen if we keep trying anyway. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I made a big mistake. I'm sabotaging this conversation right now because of the <laughs> fact that I didn't actually define what self-sabotage is for the people who are just turning, tuning in. So self-sabotage is actually the most recognizable. It's most recognizable by the experience of the internal tug of war between having a desire to do something and feeling like you can't or you shouldn't do it. So anytime that you hear yourself say, I want to do this, but I can't, that's an inner conflict of self-sabotage. Yes. So, um, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, what it really what it really comes down to is that there's no rational uh, reason or that there's really no substance to some of the feelings that we feel when we say that we can't do something or that we shouldn't do something. So that's kind of what we're trying to wrap our heads around tonight. We're trying to talk about those little things that we do that kind of we kind of get in our own way. So, Cynthia. Yes. So tell me about a time that you've actually, and I'm gonna t- I'm gonna share a story too. I'm not, I'm not I'm not just trying to put everybody out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna share something too. But well, but tell I, me about a time that you feel that you self sabotaged. Well, I self sabotage in a lot of areas in my life, and I've just come to understand that for me, it's all about a fear factor. I'm afraid. Uh, you know, I have been struggling with my weight for many many years, and you know, I set myself up and I set these goals, but I think what it is is that I'm just scared of the amount of work that's necessary for me to take better care of myself health-wise, such as going to the gym, making better food choices, yet um, preparing meals for my family that I know they'll like. And I find that, you know, these are all just excuses. But I'm just starting to realize that about myself. And And that's why I was mentioning before, it's acknowledging that, you accept this about yourself, but trying to find why you're afraid, working through that, and then forgiving yourself and moving forward, you know? Uh, Like you mentioned earlier, and you and me talking about this for the show and preparing for it, uh, it did open up my mind to a lot of different aspects of how I do self-sabotage. But one of the most um, important things that I realized was why is it so difficult for me to fight for myself while while as a mother, it's so easy for me to fight for my family. So I'm trying to take that feeling that I have of fighting for them and keeping them on track on what they want to do and applying it to myself. And and I have made an effort just this week, and I, I got to say, so far so good, you know. I mean, I don't know how it will be next week, but I'm ready to scrape my knees, as we say, and get up and keep on walking. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I'm definitely with you on that. that you know, I think that uh, with, with, with me – in the past, um, I mean, I'm going to talk about my college experience. Um, mm-hmm. When I was uh, when I pledged my fraternity, um, my fraternity is really big on social and community services. Um, that's, mm-hmm. that's something that we really pride, you know, we pride ourselves in, in our commitment to the community. So we would do all these, we would have all these great brainstorming sessions where brothers would come out of the woodwork with some crazy ideas, and we were like, yo, we would be the first to do this, and, and we would get all hyped up around it, but... What will end up happening is that life will get in the way, and this one will have problems with his girlfriend one night, and the other one had to go home because, you know, there was a problem back home. The other one had to study for his, you know, finance exam. And what end up happening is that I would have so much passion for it, I would actually do all the work. Right. And this isn't this didn't happen all the time. This was just one small period of time. This is one particular dynamic in, in a small period of time. So what ended up happening, this wasn't consistent, but what would end up happening was when we would have these sessions, I would be afraid of taking responsibility for any particular area because I would uh, I would be almost be afraid because it's happened to me one time. I would be afraid of taking on the responsibility because I would I would fear that I'd be the only one doing it. And as a result, it wouldn't be as successful or it wouldn't be successful 
to the extent that we wanted it to be. And then what would happen is, you know, obviously I would get blamed for it. Right. Or, or, or the opposite is true. Or the opposite is true. The opposite the other part of it is it would be so successful that it would be awesome and everybody would say, hey, it was great and whatever, and then I would be the one that would be dependent on every single time to deliver the same result, again, alone, or, or with little help. Okay. So that's, so that's like, what, you know, that, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it's like you're devaluing yourself and, and what you're capable of doing. That's basically what it is for fear, and, and and that's the struggle I think we all feel, that fear factor. I, you know, nobody wants to be left holding a bag alone, and nobody wants to be held accountable for something that doesn't go right. And, you know, I think that that's, that's for me, that was a really, that was a small period of time, and then I, I snapped out of it, you know. I snapped out mm-hmm. of it, and thankfully, you know, we had a whole bunch of guys that were willing to do work and whatever. But for, for a moment in time there, I, I got frozen. I, I just didn't want to do anything because I was afraid about how, you know, how, how, what, what position it would put me in, and, you know, nobody wants to feel like they're holding the bag. Um, right. If you don't mind, I want to bring in another caller um, who's actually a really good friend of the show. Um, for you, for those of you who may remember, he was actually very instrumental in helping us organize stuff around um, Hurricane Sandy. Uh, so, Efrain Cruz, what's up, man? Hey, George, come on down. Welcome back to the Happy Cruz Show. Thank you for uh, taking my call. Absolutely. And, you know, Efrain, I want to talk to you specifically about one thing, because our conversations, besides the Hurricane Sandy and how we first got acquainted, uh, our conversations have been a little bit online about, about health and whatnot. And right. I know that you re- you recently uh, um, have taken a very strong stance on your personal health, and, and I have to tell you, brother, you're doing a great job, man. Those pictures are, you know, man, I'm very winter. This dude got arms like freaking Hulk Hogan right now. It's ridiculous. But... um. So let's talk about that because obviously, you know, something, there was a catalyst that kind of brought you to the point where you felt you needed to jump in full throttle. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Well, I, I like the the fact that she, the, the young lady is mentioning forgiveness. Um, you know, when, when one falls, has a setback, you know, don't beat yourself up over it, but pick up again where you left off because we, we always have that. But for me, health goes way back when I was about 9 or 10 years old. And my inspiration, I was a chunky kid. And mom, God bless her, she smoked a lot, drank a lot, had a terrible diet. But my inspiration was Hulk Hogan. Interesting, interesting that you mentioned him just now. He said, <laughs> he said, take your vitamins, say your prayers, and do your exercise. I was very impressionable back then by Hulk Hogan. I was, it was impressed upon me. I actually lived those those commandments, if you will. I'm 40 now. 30 years later, I'm still, what started out with calisthenics and cardio, I'm still doing. It became back then for me a lifestyle that applied throughout my life. The law enforcement jobs I had, I had to be in shape for. When I dated, I wanted to be in shape. I had long-term visions as well. For example, my landlord is 91. He still drives. He still gets up every morning. I see him through his door doing his exercises. That's a lifestyle. That's a long-term commitment to doing what you want. And I'll share a quote quote with you. I I forget who, who mentioned this. But discipline is remembering what you want. Discipline is remembering what you want. 
in those moments where you want that little Debbie's cakes, and by the way, I had I had six today. <laughs> <laughs> but those, I, I see those as my treats for enjoying, you know, having a really good a good workout over the past week. And you have to allow room and flexibility for those to tame to tame those temptation demons, if you will. Uh, that that suggestion doesn't apply to everything. If you're dealing with drugs and alcohol, you know, that's a whole different way of dealing with that. But when it comes to food, a lot of us deal with food to alleviate emotions, to fill time gaps, to alleviate boredom. You know, and I also have some practices that I've, been, that I've incorporated, and I'll, I'll share some of those with you. I don't stock white sugar at home. I don't stock snacks at home. I'm looking at the top of my fridge right now. There's apples, there's bananas. In the fridge, grapes and pears. If I want a snack, I'll get it whenever I'm on the street. But I don't bring it home. I don't have it here so that tonight, if while I'm in bed I get the munchies, I'm not reaching for anything sweet. So... Part of it is understanding what your weaknesses are and not self-sabotaging oneself by bringing the goods home. So there's, there's, there's a lot to, to look at, but I shared that quote with you because you can glean a lot from that. Discipline is remembering what you want. Yeah, and, and the quote, just for, the, for people who are listening, the quote is uh, attributed to David Campbell. Thank you. I love that. Oh, because I think what happens is a lot of times, especially when you're dieting, you go back remembering, um, you know, what you looked like prior, and that's your goal. Oh, I want to look like I did when I was, you know, 18 or 20. So I like this one that it's like remember, you know, what you want to be as opposed to remember who you were, which I like because I do that a lot. And, and, like, oh, you know, I was like so fly, <laughs> you know, back in the day. Oh, my God. Can I just tell you that whenever I start something, uh, you know, whenever I try to start, like, a diet or, or a fitness regime or whatever, I am the most negotiating self-saboteur in the world. I have I will renegotiate every deadline. I will renegotiate every snack, every meal. I'm the kind of person that is, like, it's January 1st, it's New Year's, and I said I was going to do X, Y, Z for the year, and I'm like, ah, oh, but it's the first day, you know, like, Right, right. Comes the first day, and I start renegotiating, and I start having all these thoughts. Like, okay, well, you know, I mean, anything that you really want to start, it's going to take a couple of days, so maybe a week, maybe after January seventh, I'll do it. And then yeah, at that point, then I'm, then I'm renegotiating to February first, and I forget it. It's a mess. I'm, I'm a mess. You also have to put it. In. I'm sorry. Good. No, I was going to say everything. We we plan everything to do it. I'll do it on Monday. 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 Meanwhile, it's like Thursday. <laughs> Well, we have to put it into perspective, too. It's like folks who I've spoken to who have gone to college but didn't get their degree. You have to remind them, you have four classes, two and a half years, three years smarter than if you did, even without your degree. That's the upside. On the dieting, if the goal is 260 to get to and you're at 263, you're still lost whatever amount of pounds going towards that goal than if you hadn't initially started. So it's not to allow yourself to feel as if if you had those cookies 
or that slice of pizza that your entire effort was undone. Not the case right. at all. Right. It's a setback. That's the time you say, okay, as of the next, the next meal, I reapply myself. Or tomorrow morning, I start anew. Right. Absolutely. And, and you know, talk, just talking about health real quick, because this is something I've been talking a lot about over the last two years, especially uh, since I got diagnosed with diabetes. Um, one of the things is that I, I, I noticed that there was a frame of mind that I was in when I started taking care of myself. And I started off with a 14-something A1C, and I'm down to 6.4 as of this week. And that's amazing. But you know what the problem is? The problem is that we neglect our health out of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, the, mm-hmm. reason why, the reason why we neglect our health is we, we, we don't we – don't, it's, it's fear and it's, it's lack of knowledge and just not being able to have the right resources. It's, it's a combination of things. <clears throat> But at the end of the day, I noticed that one of the things that, for me, it's what, what Cynthia said earlier, it's the, it's the fear of of being tired or not being able to perform at work because I'm too tired because I went to the gym or, or the fear of being late to work because I went to the gym in the morning. I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 you come up with a million excuses. I come up with a million excuses as to why I can't do it. And then the funny part about it is that the days that I do go to the gym, especially if I go early in the morning, because me, for me, early in the morning is the best time for me to go to the gym. If I go to the gym early in the morning, I feel amazing for the rest of the day. So well, in my mind, I say to myself, why, why, am I doing, why am I not doing this every day if I feel great every single time I do it? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't have an answer. It's the commitment to ourselves. We're, we're terrified to let ourselves down because we're harder on ourselves than on anybody else. I think that's really, for me, what it's, you know. And some There's people... A, you know, they're addicted to the struggle, you know. Uh, they can't, they need to have this, this turmoil. I mean, I, I, I feel like in order to feel alive, if everything, if they're coaxing through life and doing everything they're supposed to do without any kind of what they consider drama, uh, which is this inner turmoil, they kind of feel like they're leading a boring life, I guess. I, I don't know. I've, I've heard that from some of my friends, believe it or not. You know? I think Nessa, I think Nessa could really uh, chime in on that one. So, so, so Nessa. Yeah. Are you there? Are you still there? Yeah. So, so you you work with a lot of people in, in the counseling setting. How often or not do you see these same people come back to you with different stories, different parts of their lives, no matter what it is, whether it's stopping smoking, whether it's saving money, whether it's whatever, and they keep coming to you and they always play that victim. They always talk about that struggle. Are we romanticizing the struggle in order for us to say that we didn't accomplish something? Is there, is there some type of mental gain on that? I mean, that certainly might be the case for some people. I wouldn't say it's the general trend. What it does come down to often is core beliefs, the core things that we believe about the world, like people are good or bad. Um, dieting is hard. Going to the gym is work. I mean, core beliefs like that lead to rules, like I'm only going to go to the gym when I have time to because it's work. I'm only going to go to the gym if I can have, like, three hours to get ready and go and then maybe sweat and then I have to take a shower and then I have to get back because it's not. And it's like if we think of it as work, then we treat it like it needs all the extra stuff. If I just say, you know, being healthy is being active, then I'm going to find a million different ways to be active that just incorporate into my day. So, I mean, as far as people playing the victim. Um, like I said, that could be the case for some people. Often the clients I get, 
are not so much coming again and again as they are realizing that they finally came to face what was going on and realized that it was going on in so many different aspects of their lives. So mm-hmm. even if you're coming for a problem about health, for example, or a problem about relationships, you realize that you've had the same kind of dynamics happening at work, happening in your friendships, happening in how you relate to yourself. So that's why I say it's really more core beliefs about what things represent that lead us to have rules that are really ineffective. Absolutely. She raises a very, a very good point. To, to overcome some of those, even for me, to overcome some of those hurdles when it comes to working out, people hate to do legs. I love doing leg workouts. They're intense. <laughs> they require a lot. But here's how I, you know, Stephen Covey, the author of uh, uh, the habits, of, uh, the seven habits of highly successful people. Yeah. Highly successful oh, people. Highly thank you. People. Effective. And that's the key word in that book. Effective. You have to look at your roles, and you plan in the week, and you take your main roles and you prioritize them time management wise. With the leg workouts, I look at it almost in a religious way. First fruits. You know, Sundays is the first day of the week. People in religion, they they give God their first day. When they get income, they give their first 10%. And working out, I look at Mondays and Fridays, I'm going to give my major body part my most dedication on Mondays. Straight out the gate, Monday, sometime Monday. Friday, before I go partying or attending any parties or doing anything else, before the weekend sets in, I'm going to give myself legs. I do legs twice a week. With that in thought, I'm going to give myself the best of my energies and my commitment to health, to me. When you get a check, you've heard the the refrain, pay yourself first, give yourself 10% to save, to go into savings. If you look at their their the self-placed hurdles and take away their excuses. It's like dealing with kids, right? You want them to do certain things or, or act in a certain manner. You have to disarm them of their excuses. The same thing with yourself. If you know that food is too tempting, don't bring it home. If you know you don't, if if you know you want to do abs because that's the least sexiest. One of the stigmas, right, when it comes to, to how one looks, my abs don't look good, my gut's too big. You know what? When you go into the gym, give your abs the best of your energies. Focus on that first before you do anything else. Yeah, but I, ain't, I told you that in confidence, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even talking about you. <laughs> I told you that in confidence, bro. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot now. It's it's one of the, because it's it's I've never I've always felt proportional. I think we had the conversation. I've always felt proportional, but I've never had ripped, defined abs. So you have to ask yourself, what is it that I'm doing to sabotage my efforts? So you have to do the, the things you don't like doing. Cardio. People don't like to cardio. They don't want to sweat. Abs. That takes a lot of work. Legs. Uh-huh. You know, guys love to have nice chest and shoulders and biceps, but puny legs. You want to look proportional. There has to be balance. And it's a, it's a confluence of things. When we talk about self-sabotaging our efforts, it's a mixture of things that we have to do. And, and Stephen Covey talks about habits can be learned and they can be unlearned. And right now, I think, George, in your, your health 
efforts. You're trying to undo some habits while creating new ones. And that's going to take some time. The thing is, when you have those small setbacks, to recommit. Actually, it's funny you say that because one of the things I talked about a couple of shows back was the fact that, you know, I got so crazy when I first found out I had diabetes that I, I couldn't eat anything sweet. And what I started doing was I started replacing the Cokes with the Diet Cokes and, like, all the diet versions of all these different things, and it made me feel worse because it was like I, it's like I, did, I wasn't gaining the discipline. But I, I want to bring somebody else into the conversation. Um, uh, over the last couple of weeks, I just mentioned that we were actually out of Miami, and uh, just before I went to Miami, I got an opportunity to interview somebody and bring them on to the Sofrito for Your Souls team to do some health, um, health blogging and to kind of develop some products that would help people try to go through the struggle, you know, kind of get through the struggle that I'm going through. Uh, and in the process, I'm actually going through it with this particular person. Joey Olivo's here. And Joey, um, and I'm going to give him a applause for you. Joey actually came out to Miami with us courtesy of Vaisalus, um, the 90-day challenge. And Vaisalus was kind enough to sponsor Joey so he can come out to, to, to hispanicize with me um, for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, to be a brand ambassador. Uh, for Vaisalos and their products, and and, uh, and and I guess Joey will talk about that in a minute. Uh, but the other thing, too, was we wanted to have a conversation about other, you know, with other health bloggers about what is it that people really need and, and kind of listening on what some of the people, some of the one of their readers are asking them and things of that nature. So, Joey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. You, you have a yeah, great jo- conversation you guys had. Yeah, so, so, Joey, <laughs> so Joey, when I was there, it's kind of like I used Vaisalos's buying power, their, their their sponsorship for him to get a lot of great advice from Joey. So one of the things that we did while we were up in uh, Miami is we developed a meal plan, or Joey developed a meal plan, rather, with the Sofrito branding for us to be able to uh, to to start, you know, kind of having a conversation about meals and whatnot. The other thing that we did was, um, like I said, we had conversations. Well, Joey, why don't you talk to them about some of the conversations you had with some of the health bloggers over at the Vaisalas booth? Uh, yeah, I got to talk with uh, to a lot of different people, and uh, we realized a lot of things, especially in the Hispanic community, um, and just a lot of issues that are being brought up. And, um, you know, one thing we found out was that there's no real uh, person out there that's really giving a lot of some hardcore advice that, you know, about what to do, exactly what to do, what to, uh, how to handle yourself, um, you know, especially when it comes to diet. Like, there's so much information out there, and people just really needed something simple that they could follow. That's when, you know, they developed the meal plan out there which uses all that and it's something that everybody could relate to and everybody looked at it they're like that looks simple you know they just got to execute it yep and, and, and joey's actually going to help me personally um i think we have a, we have a session tomorrow don't we <laughs> yes we do yeah i'm <laughs> not i'm not looking forward to that i'll be honest with you in a way i'm not um but one of the things that that um that we talked about because uh, what's what's one of my biggest issues with um with everything that i have going on health-wise is that there has to be some consistency, and we have to make the time for ourselves. So, so Joey's had very strong conversations with me about that and shaping that. And tomorrow we start a new journey, uh, in which uh, I'll be starting the, the the Joey Olivo meal plan. What was it called? What did you call it? Oh, the Miami Body Meal Plan. The Miami Body Meal Plan. There you go. And uh, I'm going to start the meal plan with him, and I'm going to go into a session with him to to kind of uh, go over uh, the kind of uh, I guess training regimen that I should start off with to get to my desired result. And the interesting thing is I'm not that far away from my from my desired weight, but I'm still 
mentally, and it's kind of what Afraim was talking about before. I'm not there. I'm not. I'm not ready to completely make that change to to live it the way I need to live it. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Joey. Yes, sir. What do you think, as far as, as specifically with the eating, what do you think the biggest obstacle is? What's the biggest obstacle that we put in front of ourselves? When it comes to eating, I think the biggest the biggest obstacle, um, I think Frank said it before, about people keeping stuff in, inside the house, and uh, that's one of the worst things that people do. I also think people make it too complicated. They, they think it's, it's a whole big you know, overhaul of their diet, and I think that's one of the biggest obstacles because they're standing kind of looking at this like a big problem. They know they have to change it. They know they have to change the way they're eating, but they mentally it seems like such a huge mountain to climb. And, yes, it's going to be challenging to change habits, but in reality you're just going to eat more good things more often. It's not like you have to, you know, people think it's, it's, it's you know, they have to change the way they cook. They have to shop at different stores. They have to get new friends. It's a whole new lifestyle. And it's, it's not like that, you know. Um, and, and you, that mean I'm not, I'm not, you mean I'm not going to hang out with big buff people? <laughs> it's just funny, like people really think that they, their whole life has to actually change, and really, and it, it, it's not that challenging. Don't make it complicated. Keep it simple. And I mean, that's always been my strategy with people, and it, and it works. It's worked fine. Um, I think Latinos, especially, I think it was one of the other issues that we spoke about. Latinos that they're, it's, they're they think that they have to eat, you know and then raw asparagus and chow down on oatmeal, which is not typical. I mean, you know, and that's where we came up with all, including all this Latin foods and creating a diet that's more typical to our, our palate and what we like to eat. All right, cool, man. I, listen, I really want to thank you for coming down. Um, I'm not sure who has feedback there. Is that you, Joey? No, that's not okay with um, Joey, I really appreciate your comments and everything. And for those of you who are, who are listening, um, Definitely check out some of uh, Joey's blog posts on com and check out the Miami Body Meal Plan. Um, I'll, I'll let you guys know how it goes. All right? Thanks a lot, Joey. Great. Thanks so much, George. Talk to you soon. Sorry. Yeah. And for more information about Joey, you can go to Joey's Gym Class on Facebook. Um, the website is being developed as we speak. And like I said, you can just catch him on Sofrito for Your Soul. So we talked a lot about health. And health is very important, and, and we definitely could talk about that all day, and we have done it on multiple shows. Um, but one of the things that we haven't really touched on is, is the professional aspect of self-sabotage. George, you there? Yeah. On, 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 that, on that matter, I, re- I remember standing outside the Mitchell Projects when I was about 15 or 16, and I asked myself a very conscious question. I asked myself, which gang do I want to join? The illegal gang or the legal gang? The NYPD law enforcement legal gang. And I decided I wanted to enter law enforcement back then. And I also decided to find out what it took to become an officer. Several things that I had to include into my lifestyle. It wasn't just health, because you had to be in shape to pass the academy. But you had to maintain a clean record. <clears throat> so I couldn't hang out in certain ways, in certain scenes, with certain friends. When they lit up the joints, I walked away. I didn't I didn't unfriend them, as you as it says on, on Facebook these days. 
But I walked away. I gave I, I gave them <laughs> I gave them the space and I came back later. Same thing when, you know, when you're young and you get new kicks, somebody steps on your white tennies. You know, sometimes back then out of stupidity and ignorance, we wanted to flex. So I had I had to remind myself, discipline is remembering what we want, right? That it wasn't yep. worth catching a case over nonsense because I had a long-term career interest. Well, I have a question for you before you go any further. What kind of sneakers were they? Because <laughs> well, that makes I a was, difference, bro. My, my, mine were, were usually hand-me-downs. The number six or seven kids for single mother in the South Bronx and the project. So, you know, whatever my mother's past me is what I wore. <laughs> I, I can I can let somebody slide only because the earlier on the, in the early days I wore four stripe Adidas so I, I was good. I, I wish I had a pair of Adidas back then and you know Lee uh, jeans were out and so forth. That was that was the, the period that you and I grew up in. You know Lee jeans, uh, Fila. You know Bosco jeans. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about profession and people do not talk to <laughs> people don't talk to the youth today with that kind of approach, saying, well, it's not just what do you want to be when you grow up. What do you need to do today to get yourself on that path, to refine your game? They they talk about dressing the part, feeling the part, even though you're not in the part. That's a good that's a good approach, but there's a lot of things that come with it. If you need a degree, you might want to revisit that because if, if college is not for you, then – it's self-sabotage. Just because you want it doesn't mean you're going to work for it. So these are just some things. You're talking about professions and careers. I knew exactly the three things I wanted to do when I was young was bodybuilding, politics, law enforcement. Gotcha. And, and the only one that was true as I got older and I did those things was health. Law gotcha. enforcement and politics has not been what I thought it was, but it's good to have a little diversity in your objectives, objectives in life. And, and speaking on that topic of professionalism, I'm going to bring my really good friend Robert Carbusier in on the conversation. Robert has actually contributed with us in the past on matters of coaching and, and, and helping people out professionally. What's up, Rob? Hey, what's going on, Tigre? How's it, how's it going? Que lo que? <laughs> so, so, so I just want to let you know who's on the air. So I got a chica que pica. All right. I got my, my homegirl, Nessa, and I got my hey. friend, Efraín, on the air. So we're talking about self-sabotage with, and procrastination and all the things that kind of hold us back as far as professionalism. And I'm going to have to ask somebody to turn down their, their computer. We're getting a little feedback. All right, Rob, you got us? Yeah, I got you. I, I'm, I, this should be good. Okay. All right, cool. I'm trying to figure out who has the feedback. Okay, it was definitely okay. All right, Rob. So we're we're back on with you. All right, perfect. So, can you tell me the question one more time? No, no. We were just talk. We were just talking in general about the concept of self sabotage and how it could affect us in our careers, in our professional pursuits, uh, small you know business, uh, meeting people, just in general. I mean, you do a lot of business coaching. You specialize right. in a lot of different types of classes that help you overcome certain hurdles. And I know that you and I have had this conversation plenty of times that sometimes we are our worst enemy. 
we're the ones that hold ourselves back and we're the ones that get in our own way. So I kind of wanted you to kind of talk a little bit about that in the professional realm. Okay. No, that, listen, that's a that's a great, great topic to start off on because it's, it, it's self-sabotage when it comes to procrastination, when it comes to pretty much whatever our goals is, whether it's, uh, I, I heard earlier just with regards to weight loss, uh, with regards to making choices in your profession, self-sabotage, I think the one thing that we've got to look at is they're just stories that we tell ourselves. And that is the number one place where self-sabotage starts. And and the reason being is because the stories, George, they all come from us not mattering. It's It gets to the point where if you realize that you matter, then so many decisions that you make going forward are are wiser. They're they're taken into consideration not only the effects it has on you, but the effects it has on other people around you. So when we do these self sabotaging actions where we either procrastinate and we push things off, it's because we really get down to the deeper level where we just feel like we don't matter, you know, and, and and I know it's it's starting off on a heavy side, but but this is the real root, and and once we we pretty much look at that and and start to really question ourselves in terms of where did that story come from, you know, at, at what point in life was it something that someone had told me when I was growing up? Was it a, a situation, an event? Was it uh, it could have been a boss? You know, uh, for for women, I work with uh, with male and female entrepreneurs. Uh, I notice with women, if they go through a difficult time, maybe if they go through a divorce or something, their identity actually goes along with their marriage. You know, for for a man, if they get fired from a job or if they don't get promoted and someone else gets promoted and they don't have that particular title, that creates a story. When in all reality, guys, those stories that we tell ourselves, they're just stories. And we don't have to buy into that. We just get to choose. That's really what it boils down to. And and you've got to have the right set of tools to be able to do that, George. But it, there's definitely a shift that can happen when it comes to mattering and even self-sabotaging on how, how to really break down those barriers. Yep. And I just want to let anybody who wants to call in know, the number six four six seven one six seven seven four five. We have a couple of calls in queue, uh, but we definitely would, would like to get to your questions. And you know, you could tap into uh, either Nessa, Efrain, or Rob's uh, insight. And I'll turn on their mics accordingly, uh, depending on who asks the question or whatnot. Uh, so I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. Um, so, so Chica. Yes. You've been quiet for a couple of minutes. Well, I've really been listening to everything, and a couple of key words have come out to me, and. Uh, one of them being, uh, which I think is the most important, is balance. You know, finding that balance in everything we do, whether it's with our eating or balancing our careers and our family. And I was thinking also with self-sabotage, I think what happens is we just get so overwhelmed with all the things that we want to accomplish. And we don't put it into perspective that we can, we really have to concentrate maybe on one thing at a time, that way we can gain that confidence when it's in ourselves that we're educated enough to move forward. Yep. But I, also I could definitely think relate to that. That we have to have that goal 
so that when we do reach that goal, we can move forward then to the next aspect that we want to fix in our life, whether it's a relationship or our personal health or a career or to be a better parent. And I do love what you just said about being the example, because I think that's something we don't realize also, that when we do self-sabotage ourselves, it, do we really want that to be the legacy that we leave our families, you know? We want to be able to teach them to have personal growth and to use this this experience in life to move forward. But if our children are seeing us self-sabotaging ourselves and we're saying one thing but doing another, we're not really educating them into what they need to do to be better people. Absolutely. And you know what? I want to, I want to interject real quick. Uh, Rob, do you remember uh, circa 1998, probably around the time I met you? Yeah. You, you and I both had, uh, we did web design work at the time. Right. And what was the biggest thing about, what really stood out to me when I'm analyzing my professional life is that whole concept of the cobbler doesn't, the cobbler's children doesn't have, don't have shoes. In the sense mm. that um, we went out there and we designed some of the most amazing websites for our clients based on the technology that was available at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and our websites that we used to get the business were substandard. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Why you know, why don't we honor ourselves to make sure that we have the best presence before we go out there and consult or, or help people and give them advice about how they should, you know, so... I, I, that, that's that's a really big thing, and I and I talked to somebody recently who's a very uh, uh, is a national um, spokesperson for many brands and has mm-hmm. spoken all over the country. And she says it. She says she suffers from it. And she's when I tell you this woman makes an insane amount of money. She has a million dollar Pentagon contract. I mean, she does really well in her space. And she tells me she struggles with it. She says we have to learn how to honor ourselves. We have to learn to put right. value on what we do. And and uh, in, this, in, the, in, the, in the talking about business specifically, one of the biggest problems that entrepreneurs have is that they don't know how to price themselves. They usually lowball themselves uh, to the point where they don't get business because of the fact that people don't think that their product is valuable. So can yeah. you well, shed some light on that? Well, I, I think I think that's that's really um, I think what happens too is 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 really understanding. Um, the value of the work that you bring is what's when 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 you're when you're when you have a service that you're providing. Let me break it down as simple as I can, because I, I understand when I was doing websites and 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 I got to the point where I was designing websites years and years ago and I was charging like four hundred bucks, and and I, I read something in the uh, Graphic Artist Guild um, the manual that talks about you know when you design something, right. You've got to look at what this design is being used for, and when you break down everything that that logo or that website or whatever creation it is that you're doing, and you add a number to it, okay. So let's say, for example, you create a website, and I'm just using that for an example purpose, and and now the website you say it has X amount of visits, or maybe that person who's selling something on there is going to generate X amount of dollars. You know, you start to see that what you created really can make a humongous impact. And and I think for us as entrepreneurs, when we get a chance to see what our services do and what it produces, if we're asking for a fair wage, we should not have to feel guilty about it because of what we're producing for the other person that's paying for it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I, 
I think that's where it really starts is really breaking down your services. Like when I work with real estate agents, real estate agents many times they discount their commission because they don't really realize what it is that they do. They just kind of do things naturally, but they have to be master negotiators to get their homeowners the highest possible price. They have to know how to read the market. They have to know where where the best place is to get the biggest bang for your buck in terms of marketing and advertisement. They need to know when to when to bluff, okay, and, and, and they need to know when to accept an offer when it's a good offer. I mean, there's there's a particular set of skills that, that real estate agents and salespeople in general that they've got to have in order to be successful and effective. But sometimes unless we break it down and we look at exactly what it is we do, we don't realize how powerful we are. And, and then we undercharge ourselves or we undercharge our services. You know, I, I keep hearing a lot of talk throughout the show where we're questioning why we self-sabotage. And and I think we also maybe have to talk a little bit, George, and um, uh, about maybe the core reason we self-sabotage is because we don't know why we self-sabotage. And I think maybe we have to find somebody, whether – it's a, a life coach or an educator in your business to help you grow it or a therapist or even just a close friend that you can speak to them about this and maybe figure it out on your own and move forward so that you have an understanding of why you're doing this to yourself and you could take the steps necessary to perhaps not do it with all of your decisions. You know, I know that there is a little bit of a stigma, especially in the Latin community with mental health and, and talking about these things, but... I mean, I want everyone to realize you're not alone and everybody is suffering from this. I mean, George, you made mention of somebody who's earning a lot of money and feels this way. So it happens with everybody. And the yeah, most but, important thing is to understand why you're doing that. And the only way you're going to do that is by getting the education you need on it. Yeah, absolutely. I think Efrain uh, uh, talked about core beliefs a little bit. And I really think that it's really about uncovering the hidden, unhealthy thought processes that we have and, and, and kind of realigning our, our beliefs and finding out what's out of whack and kind of bringing it back into focus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, most definitely. Somebody's – I hear a little bit of feedback. I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep everything in check here. <laughs> so, listen, what I want to do is I want to actually go to a quick break because we actually went a lot longer. And, of course, these are how these topics are. I mean, we could we could sit here and talk about them all day. But when I come back from the break, um, I kind of want to talk about um, what we could do to kind of put it in perspective and actually yeah. change the behavior. Um, and I got a couple of articles here, and I'm going to share. Um, but one of the things that I have here is the 10 tips of how to get out of your own way. So I kind of want to go through those and kind of discuss those in detail uh, and figure out if we could um, – you know, kind of get ourselves on the right track a little bit, kind of think a little bit more about self-sabotage in our personal lives. And what I'd like to do is have a follow-up show uh, with a with a panel of life coaches to really kind of put it in perspective and take questions from the audience uh, and be able to address those, you know, individually. So let's go to a quick break. Um, let's see what I have here. Um, Rob, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I don't know if you're gonna hang out with us for the for the next break, but if you can, uh, we appreciate it. Um, and if not, then uh, you can uh, give them your information so people can get in touch with you if they're interested in your services. Um, you could pretty much email uh, info at robscoaching.com. So that's info at r o b s c 
www.thecoaching.com. All right, awesome. I'm trying to find a really good side subject here. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, okay, let's go with this one. Something that makes what me happened? dance. Something that makes me dance. Something that makes you dance. Oh, okay. Uh, let's do old school house. How about that? That's, that's it. That's good, that's good. That's All really right. You you listen to the Copy Cool Show. This is George Torres, the Urban Hero. I'm here with La Chica Que Pica, and we'll be right back after these messages.
Maximo Productions on the building. Wait a second. If your dumbass is the brain, then what the hell does that make me? Well, we're going to need a bouncer, for sure. When you mic the money, I'm the brains, you would be the brawn. Why do I got to be the brawn? First of all, Luke told me what you did to that bum in a fire the other day. <laughs> nice work. Secondly, you know, you're big, you're Puerto Rican, you're kind of scary. I mean, who's going to mess around in a bar with a big, giant, scary Puerto Rican guy standing in the door, you know? Except maybe other Puerto Ricans, but let's be honest, we're not going to let them in. <laughs> I can listen to that all day. What's going on, mi gente? This is George Torres, the Urban Hibaro, and you're here with Radio Capicú. I'm here with my, my team Capicú. I got La Chica Que Pica. I got my boy Robert Carbusia. I got my homegirl Nessa and my boy Efrain. So we're here. We're continuing the conversation on uh, on self-sabotage. Uh, a lot of great information so far. We kind of... Uh, Went around to, we talked about health a little bit. We talked about professional. We talked about the mental stigmas. We talked about a whole lot of different things, but I guess anytime you have a conversation like this, especially in such a small, limited time, you definitely want to have conversations about solutions. Am I right? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So I found a um, a quick uh, piece online on a website called reflectingalife.com, and it was 10 tips on how to get out of your own way. So I kind of wanted to have this discussion about how we can get out of our own way. And I just want to remind everybody that's on the air right now to make sure you turn on your computers to make sure we don't have any feedback. All right? So the first the first one is obviously how we started the show. We were talking about physical health. So the first tip was embrace your physical health. We often neglect our health out of fear. Do not allow it to stop you from doing what's right. If you need a physical exam, get one. If you need to lose weight, do it. If you sense something's wrong, there probably is. Take immediate action and get on with your wild and precious life. So, Efraín, that kind of hits the nail on what we started talking about. So, embracing his physical health is one of the first tips on how to get out of your own way. Well, sometimes we don't know, looking at, um, let's say, a month, what we may be doing on a daily basis throughout that month that's contributing to self-sabotaging ourselves. For example, I had written every single day how much I weighed starting at the beginning of, I think it was back in March or April, how much I was weighing at the beginning of the month and how much I I ended, I weighed at the end of the month. Every day I wrote down my weight. And what I noticed was that my weight went up on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) By Saturday, Sunday, I was weighing the most on any given weekend, and I weighed the least on Tuesday or Thursday morning. By Tuesday, started going down. By Thursday morning, I weighed the least. Here was this four or five-pound swing in a week. So I called my friend, and I said, listen, I noticed that every weekend we hang out, And that was enlightening for me because I, I saw exactly where. I, I know what we do, where we go eat, where we hang out at, you know, the, the time of night that we're eating. So here was something I was doing passionately, working out, but hurting myself on the scale and maybe undoing 
what all, all my efforts in the gym. So by sharing that experience with the person who might be participating in the self-sabotaging unknowingly, unwittingly, that can also help in keeping you, you know, on your path to whatever it is, savings, health, you know, you name it. So that there's a practice, you know, that I wanted to share with other people. Write down, you know, what it is that you do just for the hell of it so that when you can analyze it and at the end of a period, whether it's a week in measure or a month in measure, you can see where your behaviors on a daily basis at a point in the week, at a point in the month, may go awry and undo everything that one is, uh, everything that you're trying to do for yourself. And it goes a little bit to what was said earlier about products and services, the value of your services. And in looking at the word service, when it comes in the context of health, if we service ourselves better, we're able to multiply ourselves. If we're healthier, we can do more. And that's what I what I also call taking an account of the cost, weighing the the the, the cost of what it is you're trying to do. That, and that's a great segue for the next tip. The next tip is take responsibility. Decide to be mentally and emotionally healthy. Do what you need to do. If you're stuck and you need help, reach out and hire a coach. See a therapist or get a mentor. Act on the direction and advice you receive. Mm-hmm. Well, Vanessa. I love that tip. Yeah, I really love that tip because it's actually been a huge one for me that I also practice today. So as far as taking responsibility, the biggest thing to understand is it does not mean blaming yourself. Blaming yourself is such a surefire way to completely stagnate any effort you were making or were even thinking of making because you're just putting yourself down. So when you take responsibility, you're not saying, yeah, I did that, shame on me. You're saying, yeah, I did that, and guess what? I can do something else, and I can do something even better if I don't like what I just did or if it didn't take me where I want it to go. So I love that thing about taking responsibility because I'd say in my personal experience, I've struggled with anxiety pretty much my whole life. I used to struggle with it. I don't anymore. And a big part of that was daring myself to take responsibility for what I could do in the next moment. What I used to do when I was stressed out is literally laying in my bed or sit somewhere and just be frozen constantly. And it was physically difficult for me to even move to do things I needed to do. And so taking responsibility not only for my actions but how my thoughts affected my actions. So I had to stop telling myself that I can't handle things that I can't handle them if they don't go right, that I can't handle them if I don't know exactly how to do them before I do them. I have to slowly shut all of those things. So today I was stressed out because, you know, I didn't want to go into the office to get some work done, but I've been behind and I want to catch up. And it was either if I do nothing, that's awful. If I go in, I'm going to miss the whole day. And I said, you know what, I'm not getting anywhere with this. So I'm going about my errands, doing my laundry. And I said, you know what, that clothes is going to dry for an hour. I'm going to go to the office, and I'm going to do as much as I can in one hour, and I'm going to dedicate myself to that hour, and then I'm going to go back and fold my clothes. And whatever gets done gets done. It's enough. And that's exactly what I did. And I was so proud of myself for getting out of that all-or-nothing mentality. Like, I don't want to be in the office forever, but I don't want to not go at all. So I'm going to go for a little bit. And that Mm -hmm. little bit is enough. I don't need to make 
8 million steps that any step I take that gets me where I want to go is a good step. So I did every step I could, and all of that anxiety, all of that pressure went away. Even though I didn't hit my goal exactly, I still got things I got to get done at work that are extra. I'm a step closer, and I made it happen. And that felt nice. really good, and I took responsibility for that. I think you get an applause for that one. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, wait, hold on. That's the wrong one. You need this one. There you go. that one. Thank you. So now the next tip, I think it was written by Robert himself. Uh, Rob, knowledge is power. Learn everything you can about your problem and your desired results. If you're unsure what you need to do next, research, read, watch videos, speak with other experts. Ask for guidance and don't second-guess yourself to make your informed decisions. Wow, man, that is that is a powerful, powerful point because it, it's, it basically summarizes why it's important for us to to really take a step back and 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 sometimes and analyze what's working and what's not working. And so many times we really just don't do that. We don't look at our lives and we say, okay, I'm, I'm putting in for, I'm putting in the time, and these are my results. And when we look at these items and we look at the results and we're not happy with the results. The questions we got to ask ourselves is what's working and what's not working, and and our mindset can really be affected if we don't ask those questions because then we're we're, we're self sabotaging ourselves. We're thinking that maybe we're just not the right person, or maybe we're not good enough, and uh, and to be able to protect ourselves from the negative mindset, I always encourage people listen to a lot of audio books if you don't like reading books. You know, I always recommend to people to read or either listen to uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. It's not just about, you know, making tons of money and financial freedom. There's a lot of great principles in that audio book for people to listen to. Also, Earl Nightingale, uh, The Strangest Secret, is one of my favorite, favorite audio books. And that one, it, that audiobook itself, it's actually probably about 45 minutes to an hour, but it will unlock so much of your potential, and it will show you what's working and what's not working in your life. And uh, and those those are the first steps that you could always take. But the reality is, folks, is if there's a goal that you have in life that you're trying to achieve and you haven't been able to get there successfully, Get someone who's actually done it, you know, and, and I always recommend a, a coach or a professional that can be able to ask the right questions, be able to spend some time looking at your life as a whole so that this way you can see what's working and what's not working. Uh, life coaching is, is such an incredible thing, but so many of us don't really tap into it or or, or really, um, I guess the best thing is don't really uh, appreciate or know how powerful it is when you have the right person giving you guidance and, and coaching. Yep, absolutely. So the next no, one I, is – can, can I share a quick quote, Napoleon Hill quote that Rob just uh, brought up? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's relevant. Fear breeds doubt. Doubt breeds indecision. Indecision breeds paralysis, end quote. You just described my last visit to the supermarket. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, jokes aside, you guys don't understand how much I struggle with this. But um, the next one is weaken your fear. This is the next tip on the list. Weaken your fear. Learn deep breathing techniques, progressive muscle relaxation. Try using the Sedona method, emotional freedom technique, Morita therapy, or the work. When practiced regularly, any of these methods will help you overcome any fear or anxiety. They are life-changing. I, I really can relate to that one. You know, I myself uh, find that at times I do get stagnated in my life out of fear or anxiety. But, uh, you know, George, you and me have spoken about all the different herbs I've tried and help with it, and they have helped me. But breathing puts you so in the moment of exactly what's going on and gives you that chance to recognize uh, what you're feeling at that moment and also give you the perspective to step out of it and recognize that maybe it's not as big as you're making it out to be. You know, I, I was, in listening to all these tips you've been giving, I was thinking about um, uh, the four agreements by uh, Miguel Angel Ruiz. And, you know, one of them, which is to me the most important one, is that our best is going to change depending on our circumstances. But it's important to just do our best, and hopefully this eliminates the self-judgment and the self-abuse and the regret that we find. And I always keep that in my mind when I do try breathing, that, you know, I am trying my best, I am trying my best, and and it, it does, personally, that calms me down a lot, recognizing and, and being a little gentler with myself also. Absolutely. And you actually touched it. It's, like, it's almost like this This is like this list is like progressive because everybody that's talking is actually kind of going into the next point. The next one is rise higher. Stop participating in what drags you down. Let go of the crazy makers in your life. Get enough sleep. Get organized. Get out of debt. Break out of the routines that suck your spirit dry. Create positive lifelong habits. Your choices will determine how far you can climb. So I, I definitely relate to this because... I mean, I have. I have broken out of a lot of bad habits, and, and I've done so because there's a particular goal in mind. Um, obviously, I still struggle with a couple of them. Um, but, yeah, it's about just taking action. And sometimes you realize that taking action actually is, is le- it, it takes less time than thinking about the problem itself. And I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but I'm thinking about something specific in my mind. You know, uh, just something as simple as organizing your desk and getting ready for for Monday. I, I spend usually I spend Sundays getting ready for for my week, and sometimes that that ten minutes, that fifteen minutes that I spend just kind of organizing my thoughts and and kind of focusing on one particular task is all it really takes. You know, one of the things that I noticed that I uh, I say uh, two months ago, I'll say just before Miami, I spent the day on on my laptop and I'm working, but I found myself actually distracting myself. So I would jump from Facebook to Twitter, from Twitter to Hootsuite. Then I'm going to Google Analytics to check my traffic. But I wasn't focused on any one particular thing. So when I, you know, people talk about multitasking as a way of trying to get more done, but I'm finding that multitasking, I've multitasked to the point where it's actually hindering me. And I don't know if anybody in the crew could could relate Uh to that, but Uh multitasking is actually one of the biggest things that's kind of holding me back right now. So I really need to go in somewhere, and if I need to cut, respond to emails, 
for, for, like, for example, follow-ups from Hispanic sites, people I talk to about particular projects and everything, then you know what? I need to go and put 15, 20 minutes and really concentrate and focus on those emails, making sure that the, the information that I'm conveying to these potential clients and sponsors uh, is accurate and, and it has thought into it and I'm just not, you know, sending them a short message, you know, a text message in, in the form of an email. Um, so I found that the last couple of weeks I've been a little bit more effective in getting some of the things done because of the fact that I've been focusing on on individual silos of information and tasks. The next, um, so that, that was that was my uh, my input on, on rise higher. The next Great one is input. stress less. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Let me give myself an applause. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get there. there you go. There you go. Because one, one of the things about self-sabotage is, you know, to overcome it is, you know, celebrating and honoring oneself. So here, one more time. And one more for the great producer of the show. Right. <laughs> so, so we're halfway we're halfway through the list. Um, the next uh, the next tip on the list is stress less. Live a simple life. Give up overindulgence in anything. Spend less, save more, rush less, breathe more. Do less, relax more. Expect less, share more. That's a mouthful, but very intense. Efrain, what do you think? I totally agree. Simplify. Downsize. You're talking about stress. You know, it's like uh, taking tests. You know, our upcoming week is like a test, and, and one of the things you just said earlier was you prepare for the, the upcoming week. You get the things that you need for what's coming up in order. So that way when those moments come, you're not disorganized. Um, I totally agree with, with, with the whole sentiment of, you know, getting things set so that you can proceed with as, as little stress as possible. Be kind. It's contagious. You know, when we, we're, we're, we're cheery, with a kind heart and, and, you know, from a good mind and a good place, that tends to multiply around us, irrespective of that one or two characters that we might, we might come across who are the Grinches of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. The next tip on the list is count your blessings. Let go of complaining. Everyone has problems. You were not singled out. Be grateful for your situation and the strength to move through it. Be grateful for the love of your family and friends. A, lot, a life of gratitude and appreciation will bring you a sense of peace and well-being that cannot be shaken. Mm, I love that one. I love that one so much because it reminds me of something I've told myself and others at points, which is, you know, the same earth, the same world, the same universe that you feel brings you pain is the same universe that brings you love. And so the thing is that what we either complain or speak gratitude about has has a root has an essence behind it. So if I'm complaining that someone betrayed me, um, you know the essence is you can't trust all the time, or if you trust, things may not come out how you feel. You know, if you have an accomplishment, the same essence can hold true there. Like if you trust, you may get exactly what you want, or if you have trust in yourself, you may accomplish exactly what you wanted to accomplish. And the thing is that the dynamics that we connect ourselves to, you know, once again, a core belief. The the main thing that you connect to these things that you're proclaiming about your life or life in general are going to set you up to have rules about how to take your next step. 
So your complaints may be true in the sense that these things are actually happening okay. Messed up things happen, but so do wonderful things. I've made decisions that aren't the best. I've also made a lot of decisions that have worked out really well. Which one of these two do I want to work off? So when you're counting your blessings, a lot of people get into extreme thinking, black and white thinking. If I'm counting my blessings, what do you mean I have to ignore all the crap that happens to me? I have to ignore all the death and horrible things in the world? No, you don't have to ignore anything. But you have to decide where you're going to invest your energy, where you're going to invest your efforts. And so you can acknowledge that certain negative things happened. You can also acknowledge the positives that happened. And you can acknowledge that where you stand is where you're going to walk. And so once you start pulling out of this this extreme thinking, life is all this or all that, and you start realizing life is everything and I get to stand wherever I want in there, you really start to realize how much power you have to accomplish the things you want to accomplish. Wow. Nice. That, that, I, I, you know what? We could stop the show right now and you really brought it home right there, but we still have two more tips. But, wow, but well, I appreciate that. that. Thank you. But, but no, but I count the that reason, blessing. The reason, the reason why, the reason why I say that is because even with everything that we're talking about here, even the next two tips and everything, that particular one, that's probably the most common issue that we all face, that complaining, that, that griping about, you know, things are just not the way I want them to be, and I could have had this, and if I didn't do that, it, I'd be better off, and I should have never done that, and it, I should have never wasted my time. I mean, that that's it right there. You, you really, like, kind of summed it up. So the next one is, the next tip is choose to be brave. Learn to live life on the edge. Do what scares you. Life does not come with guarantees. I want my next 30 years to be my best, incredible, full of risk and excitement. Don't you? Don't you, Rob? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. After listening to that, I was like, wow, man, this is, uh, this is definitely, uh, definitely powerful, man. Yeah, I mean the next thirty years of your life just living living your life to the full I think is is is, is a really great way to summarize it. And uh I, I was just coaching actually uh and I call her a young lady, but she just turned seventy years old. And my goodness, this woman when we first started working together, she had so many things going on through her head in terms of what she couldn't do, why she couldn't do it. She was very disempowered felt powerless about the decisions that she made in the past. There were so many things that she was holding on to. Um, and uh, and a- as we went through our coaching sessions for the last 90 days, actually three months, we did some really good coaching, um, we uncovered that a lot of the illnesses even that she was having, a lot of the stresses that she was having was because she wasn't being in contribution to herself and to others around her. So we came up with a really, really solid plan in terms of how she can live her life to the full. Uh, And the first place it started was really finding something that you're passionate about. So she started working with Operation Smiles, which is an organization that helps children with cleft palate. And amazing. She raised close to $1,000 within, honestly, like, two months and by her being in contribution and just really focusing on others and and seeing how passionate she was about that it paid she was paid in full personally as well 
you know, and it goes back to just accounting the blessings, you know, again, the blessings. He, he looked at the fact that so many other people out there are in such worse situations than what we are. And living life to the full, life is now. Life is something that we've got to do every single day, every single day. So I, I definitely believe in that. Absolutely. So um, the next tip here is have a vision. Someone asked me to choose three words for the next quarter of the year. I chose four, dream, plan, create, and execute. I know what I want and where, where I'm going. I know what I have to do to make it happen. My vision doesn't include my fear of the unknown. My future is simply beautiful and bright. Cynthia. Yeah. Um, you know, listening to you uh, read that last tip, it kind of made me feel what I was speaking about earlier, about having that balance and understanding that uh, at times we do get overwhelmed with the different aspects in our lives that need correcting <clears throat> so that we can feel peaceful. Uh, I, I think that's the one thing we all strive for is to feel peaceful with ourselves and with others. You know, at times we look at ourselves and we're so insecure and uncomfortable with who we are to the core that we question, you know, are, are we enough? But in having this vision, it's as simple to me as just making a list of saying, you know, what do I want right now? Not five years from now, not 10 years from now, not 30 years from now, but what do I want to accomplish right now? And that helps us to focus day by day. And if even that becomes too much day by day, then month by month or, or hour by hour or even half hour by half hour. But having that vision is what gives us, uh, I believe the first word you said was dream, was, it gives us those dreams to, to move forward and, and teaches us the plans that we need to do that and the goals that we should have to reach those those dreams because at the end of the day I just want to feel peaceful and I think that's what we all want absolutely so the the, the final question that the author uh, leaves us with is what action are you resisting what steps do you need to take how will you how will you imprison yourself if you do not get over your fear so I want to do something very off the cuff right now and because I know that you guys contribute to the show on a regular basis and your friends and and and, and we'll tamo familia aquí I would like each of us to go go through one thing, just one thing that we're going to commit to change effective today. It could be the smallest, most minute detail, but something that you're going to actually, what action you're going to resist a particular action today and moving forward. So I'm going to start with you, Efrain. I want you to name one thing. We're going to follow up with, when we do the next show. Even if you can't make it live on the air, I'm going to try to get some audio, and I want to give a progress report as to what we talked about today versus what's happening at that point. So what's the one thing today that you're going to change? I, I want to tighten up my consistency. I usually give myself all day to make it to the gym. It doesn't matter if it's in the morning. It doesn't matter if it's late at night. But with that, there's, there's, there seems to be some wiggle room for either, you know, cutting the workout down a bit, or maybe the temptation of not going if it gets too late in the day and coming up with excuses. So by committing to a certain time of the day, 
early morning, for example, you know, between 7 and 10, something to that effect, it solidifies the commitment. It gives me right, something so, to recommit to. So what are you committing to right now? To just say one thing, one simple phrase, what are you committing to right now on the show? Heading to the, to the gym upon waking up and doing my cardio and ab workouts first. All right. I'm going to hold you to that, bro. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Nessa. Hey. Nessa, one commitment, one thing that you could change today that you're going to you're gonna promise Radio Copy Cool that you're going to do and it's going to make your life that just that much better. Oh, it's really personal, and so I'm glad you're putting me to it because I love challenges. But I've been talking to someone new the past couple of months, and we tend to stay up late talking because we both do a lot during the day, and my sleep has been suffering very much over it, um, which means my waking hours have been suffering. And I keep saying I'll hang up by a certain time, and I don't because I'm afraid that, like, we won't have enough time to talk or if we're always hanging up by this time, we'll have very little time to talk and things will start to go downhill. It's, it's all of this what if. So I'm going to commit myself to hanging up the phone by midnight on every night that I have to go to work early the next day. So usually I have to be at work by, you know, 9 o'clock. I have to hang up by midnight the night before. And I know he'll support me on it. What I have to trust is that we'll be okay even if we don't have so much to talk at night. And I guarantee you we'll probably just make adjustments during the day. I just have to have the faith that it can happen. Okay. Well, I'm going to check on you. I'm going to call you at 1201. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be there because I'll be asleep. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. That's what I wanted to hear. But I, okay, but I will give you honest feedback, and it is a big deal, so I'm going to have to try hard. All right. Rob, I know you're a taskmaster, a man of many talents. You're a very busy guy just like I am, but I'm going to have to hold you to one thing for today's show. What's it going to be? Yeah, I think the one thing to hold me to, uh, George, is going to be uh, to set daily milestones. You know, because uh, I, think, I think sometimes I look at the entire week and I say, oh, Lord. But, uh, but I have to break it down into daily milestones so that this way I can achieve bigger goals throughout the week. So that, that's, that's the commitment that I have. Okay. All right. Good one, Rob. I like that. All right. Chica, you're not going to get away from me on this one. <laughs> you should give me two of them just because you're a co-host. You should give me one for the show and one for, one for your personal life. Uh, well, okay. I'll, I'll commit to two. Personally, then, let's hit that one first. I think personally for me, um, I'm really going to make an effort to – Speak truth and speak truth quietly and calmly uh, and listen because I don't do enough of that in my personal life and it pushes people away. And I'm really going to make that commitment to myself uh, personally to do that. Uh, as far as here with the show, I would say that I'm going to make a commitment to being um, focused in the moment and sharing it with my boy and him and always. How's that? Is that good? That's good, y'all. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so I, so in, in the spirit of what Cynthia just did, I'm going to also give two personal ones that you guys can hold me to. On a personal note, um, you know, I, I 
one of the things that I'm known for the most is connecting with people and sharing, and, and I do a lot of that. Um, but one of the things that I've noticed, especially after the last six months or so, with everything getting busier with Hispanicized and everything, is that my personal connections suffer. I mean, me and Cynthia, we hardly talk, you know, on a regular basis. And we've, talk, we've been talking more lately, but um, prior to that, I mean, we spent we had long gaps of time, and she's one of my best friends. So with that said, I, I think I'm going to make a commitment to call two people a day that I haven't spoken to in a while. Just to say hi, for no reason at all, not to invite them to any shows or to talk about anything having to do with my business or anything that's going on with me, just to kind of find out how they're doing. So that's my first commitment on the personal level. On the show level, um, you know what? I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I was really excited about today's show for a lot of reasons, uh, besides Cynthia coming back. Um, I don't think that we really truly have thought about, and when I say we, I mean the collective Capicool team, um, the people who, who help on the back line, uh, on, the, on, the, on the sidelines, and the people who actually participated in the show, like La Sensacion, Jose, Jolón, uh, um, Jennifer, uh, who else, um, Papo, um, and Coraje, the guy. Um, all these people have, have collectively become part of the Capicool story over the last five years. And, yeah, we don't have, like, big sponsors, and, and you know, we do the show, you know, and we don't do it every week. We do it every couple of weeks sometimes, and the times that we have to put the show on hiatus and whatever. But one thing is, and I'm, I'm going all the way around the world to say this, but I, we haven't uncovered the true potential of the show. So what I'm, what I'm going to commit to right now is I'm going to commit to two shows a month, mm. two good shows a month with no breaks, okay, for the next three months, okay? And, and the reason why I want to do that is because when I was in Hispanicized, there were great conversations about our numbers. You know, people asked me, like, hey, you know, what, what, what kind of numbers do you guys do? And I'm really proud of the numbers. And, and the, to be honest with you, I never really thought about it because I think about blog traffic, I think about – Twitter and Facebook and how many times people click into my links and everything. And all those numbers are very overwhelming to the average person. But we talk about 6,000 people that download our podcast each show on average per month. You know, every new show gets downloaded about 6,000 times, and then the residual shows get, you know, anywhere between 200 and 1,000 downloads based on how popular they are. Uh, and that's huge. That's a huge number uh, for Latinos interested in the topics that we, we're talking about. And I don't think that I've ever really given it that much thought. So the reason why I'm going to commit to two shows is because at the end of those three months, uh, which three months from now will be what? That will be August? Yeah. Yeah. At the, end of, at the end of August, I want to be able to announce that we have a sponsor that's going to cover the cost of the show so that we can add the necessary staff and team together that could produce the best quality show possible. So I'm on a three-month mission right now to make sure that this show has a sponsor that's going to cover the cost of us getting people to get on board that are going to make this show the best possible. So I don't have to worry about producing and, and kind of like catching up to the conversation and going behind the scenes and coming back and kind of all the running around that I do. I want to be able to give my full attention to the conversation. I want to be able to contribute. I want to be able to uncover and cultivate from, from the guests and the, the list. I'm, I'm going on and on. But I commit to two shows a month for the next three months. All right. 
George, all so I can say is I agree with everything you said in terms of uncovering the full potential and your strategy behind it. I've been feeling that for a while, and it's just beautiful to hear you say that. I'm totally there with you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, the, the A couple of months ago when uh, we had a project that, that was put on a lot that was going to take a lot of time from, from doing the show, and I think that's where I kind of fell, fell apart in terms of the, the scheduling on the show, I cried because I don't want to give the show up. This is the first Latino talk show on the web. We were one of the first Latinos on, on Block Talk. I actually met one of the executives of Block Talk Radio in Miami, and she was just like, I had no idea that you guys were, you know, like there's a history here. And there's a uh-huh. history of Capicu poetry, and there's a history with Sofrito for your soul. And, and one of the things that, you know, I'm very proud of uh, in terms of the people that I connect with and the people that work with me is that we've always created something where there was nothing. And even uh-huh. even though we've had great success and even though there's a lot of people that say really great things about us and people that love us and everything, we still stand in our own way. And I'm still yep. standing in my way. And I'm still not doing the, exactly what I need to do to push this to the next level. And the reason why is because once upon a time, I did not think that anybody would pay attention to a podcast by a Puerto Rican guy who never studied <laughs> communication. You know, at the end of the day, I was like, who really wants to hear our conversation? This was more of like... You know, it's almost like, okay, me and Cynthia, you know, we talk all this stuff. Is anybody interested in what we talk about when we're alone? And we, I am. And we went I am. I listen. And right, now, and right now, as we speak, even with the shows not being consistent, that, that's what really kind of, kind of rings the bell for me. And me and Rob talked about this the other day. We're getting 6,000 downloads without doing consistent shows. Can you imagine if we added the power of consistency? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what that would look like if we took – some of the most important points of this conversation and then edited it down to a two-minute segment so somebody could listen to that one piece. And we had staff to do that, and we put it out there on the web. It would go viral. It would 10,000, 12,000, 20,000. And then you add that to, to a sponsor, like like the sponsor that I'm currently talking to, who, who want to get this information out, and, they, and they, they, they are aligned with what we're trying to accomplish here, and they can't get 6,000 Latinos in a room. They can't get 6,000 Latinos to watch a commercial on TV to mm. pay attention to it, you know, to really get the message. And we have the power right here. And I'm just glad that you guys are on here because you guys are actually the most consistent people that listen and contribute to the show. So with that said, you know, I, I want to be in a position where we get a sponsor on board that can help me give back to those people that are contributing and, and, and put you in a more in a situation where you have a more accountability to what the content is, and you uh-huh. could actually become become part of the show in in a way that we could actually you know honor you and your time. So that that's that's the reason why those two shows mean a lot to me. So it it's a, it sounds like the easy accomplishment, just two shows a month, but with that two shows comes the responsibility of making sure that the content is is honorable of the people that are are taking the time to download the the, the podcast. Uh huh. So that's that's how I'm going to overcome the. Capicu radio sabotage that I've been doing for the last five years <laughs> and, and not doing it. And I really thank you guys for being part of this conversation and so many other conversations. And I want to say that the turning point really was, it, it was it was kind of, it was on an uptick, but the, the hurricane really, really put us on the map. I can't yeah. even tell you, I can't even tell you how many, and this was very spontaneous. It was something that we just did. I, I, I thought about the days of ham radios and CDs when I was doing what, what we were doing. Um, but when you had somebody like Efrain that was calling in every single night to give us resources, Nessa was calling in from Jersey every single night to give us resources and set it out, 
I can't even tell you. I looked at the traffic of that crowd map that we put up. I wish I had that kind of traffic on Sofrito for your soul. <laughs> uh-huh. It was amazing the amount of people, and, and people were still coming up to us and saying, listen, I want to let you know that when you guys were when you guys were organizing the volunteer efforts and whatever, you know, we really tuned in and we really, you know, we really passed that information over to our churches and, and to our schools and to the parents of the PTA. I mean, it was just, you know, and it was very spontaneous. So uh, there, there's a lot of power here, and I think that we've just kind of scraped the surface, and, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what this show could be. Um, I'm telling you right now, I have a vision in my head, and I'll, uh, next year I want to be in the studio again the way we were at Urban Latino Radio, but I want okay. us to own the show. I want it to be on Blog Talk Radio still because I love the, the platform, but I want to have a real studio where we can sit face-to-face once more and have these mm-hmm. conversations in a central location, and, and you know, and we could be in, in Familia. So I do it. my I'll get off my milk crate now. <laughs> well, I was just wondering if there was any way to track, contact any of the people who downloaded those Hurricane Sandy podcasts because I would love to know um, how people were impacted by that. I would love to know if there's people, for example, that that's the only information that they had and that they were able to do something with it. So I wonder if there's any way to do that and make some kind of follow-up show to what that podcast did for the people who had access to it when they had access to nothing else. You know, Ines, I'm going to give you that as an assignment. I think one of the people that, that I guess contacted the most was Papo at the time because, you know, I'm, I'm big, you know, not that I don't get the emails and everything, but Papo actually got a lot of people that were reaching out to him about it and had mentioned it to him in passing at the Kapiku shows and whatnot. Um, he, he would probably have some information about some specific people, but by Efrain, you, you were out there. I mean, you were out there in vans and you, you were picking people up and bringing out supplies. I mean, you tell me what what – you know, you, you got the information from us. You got, you know, you shared information with us. How, how was it for you? Well, I, I did speak on the show that uh, you guys have put together for the, the hurricane relief. Um, but most of the folks, uh, I think, will be directed through Facebook, uh, through messages I received, um, text messages came in through, through my cell phone, um, and like you, uh, you either with the National Women's Network, I think it is. No, um, yeah, uh, Women's Worldwide. Right. She reached out, and her organization uh, had me meet them uh, at Camaradas, and they had uh, a load of vehicle load of stuff that I picked up from them. Um, and through that channel and through the medium of your show, we were able to, you know, get stuff out. Literally, like, I, will just, I was picking up stuff. Volunteers availed their, their vehicles, would go pick it up, and those same volunteers would then go and literally go directly to people's homes. We would park on the street set up shop, and within minutes, everything was gone. Wow. Okay. Nothing was centralized. It wasn't warehouse. Like, um, a lot of other operations, the city was running, you know, people were, were warehousing. I'm like, why, why is stuff sitting locked on the lock and key? And the folks on the street just bring up, a, I mean, even the National Guard, when they saw us set up and they saw us returning on a regular basis, they were emptying their trucks with the stuff that we were being. We were entrusted, and it was a good feeling for the National Guard to give us big goods, Pampers, uh, Gatorade, brand new stuff. I'm talking about truckloads, and just saying distribute it. Crazy, 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 crazy. So um, I, I want to let you guys know about a couple of things that are upcoming because uh, I think it's important. Uh, on May 29th, the United Health Foundation is going to be launching their first ever America's Health Ranking report focusing on the health of seniors 65 plus in the United States. 
The report will rank each state from the healthiest to unhealthiest for seniors and will analyze 34 different measures that contribute to their state of health. Um, a company called by Seda Communications reached out to me because one of the things that they're going to be highlighting in this report, and we're going to be discussing on the show, uh, even if it's just one segment, we're going to be talking about the impact uh, that it has on Hispanics uh, seniors as well as their caretakers. Uh, for each of the major markets with high Hispanic senior population, which is California, Texas, Florida, and New York, we're going to be coordinating exclusive interviews with uh, with different doctors. I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Roberto Madrid about this, and he's one of the authors of this report, and he's going to give us some insight. Now, a lot of people might say, yeah, you know, insight on the – really, it may or may not impact you. It may not mean it be anything that you're interested in. Will it be our sexiest topic? No. But one of the things that I, I have listened to over the last couple of weeks, um, we have a couple of people in our community, uh, more than a couple of people in our community, that are caring for elderly parents, grandparents, tias, dios, et cetera. And, uh, and they need to know what are some of the things that are impacting their health as well as caretakers. And, and United Healthcare wants to give us some resources. Uh, they want to give us some information on how those people can get support. So um, the numbers themselves may not be sexy. They may not be too much to talk about. I'm not really, you know, I may not be familiar with every single uh, metric that they're looking at, but hopefully Dr. Roberto Madrid will be able to give us some insight on how that impacts us in layman's terms and hopefully how we can help support some of the caretakers and help them get um, support for themselves when they're going through these difficult times taking care of our elderly. And for me, this is very personal only because my grandmother, uh, for those of you who have heard me tell the story before, my grandmother worked for the Department of the Aging in Brooklyn, and she's one of the founders of the Meals on Wheels program in North Brooklyn in Brownsville, East New York. And that was her passion. Her passion was, like, not, not forgetting the viejitos. And she did that when she was young. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know, she was very young, and she just had this passion for helping older, older people. Um, we are actually in the, in the process right now of developing a project that's kind of similar to Pan Pueblo, which is what we do for young kids in the Bushwick United Head Start, um, along with Georgia Acevedo. We're working on a program where we're going to honor our seniors uh, during the holidays as well so that we can come full circle and kind of hear some of, the, some of the things that they have to say. I mean, they have so many great stories and so many things that they could pass on to us. So uh, anybody who's interested in, in becoming part of that senior project, definitely reach out to us at Radio Capico at Gmail. Uh, because that's coming soon. That's coming really soon. It's going to happen this year into next year. Uh, um, we're going to do something very special for a select group of seniors in our community. So I want to let you know about that. Also, we have our Capicu show. Who's excited about that? Are you excited about that, Nessa? Oh, yeah. Are you excited? No, seriously, you don't sound like you're excited. Like, I'm always on. excited about that. Come on. Always. Come on. Give me, some, give, come on. give me a woohoo something. <laughs> Right, so we don't we don't have that much time left, but I gotta tell you about the show because this show is gonna be groundbreaking. Gapiku is going to be managing the event to celebrate 16 years of Sofrito for your soul. Okay. So my website started 16 years ago. We're gonna have a birthday celebration, a sweet 16, so to speak, and we are gonna be featuring the Latin diva of comedy, Sara Contreras, which is unheard of. This woman has been on Showtime, MTV. She's been on uh, HBO. Comedy Central. I mean, she's huge. She's one of the best Latina comics out there. And she's going to be gracing our humble stage in Brooklyn. 
Um, so I'm so psyched about this because I'm a really big fan. And one of the things that I like the most about her and the, what I always liked about her, she's a Brooklyn girl. She got that Brooklyn attitude, so she's going to bring it to the stage. The stage is not going to be the same after she leaves. Um, so that's uh, May 31st, 2013 at 7 p.m. The cover charge is 15. Showtime is at 8 o'clock. We do have uh, a poet feature as well. We're going to be featuring our Kapiku Marine, Blazer Page, um, who is actually the he's the guy who actually designed the Kapiku logo. So when you see those T-shirts, those sexy Kapiku T-shirts that we're going to be selling that night, that's the guy that you have to thank for it because he's the one that kind of took me and Papa's dream and made it visible, made it something that you could look at and, and understand where we're coming from. Um, Papa's going to be hosting as usual. It's going to be at the Evil Olive, 198 Union Avenue, between Broadway and Montrose. If you have any questions, you can call us, 516-690-7397. Follow us on Twitter, at Copy Cool Culture. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be an amazing, amazing night. And uh, music by DJ Cocotazo, who has become, as of recently, the uh, the official Copy Cool uh, DJ. <laughs> and everybody really likes, uh, likes him. He goes from hip-hop to salsa in 30 seconds. So it's, it's awesome. Um, I think that's all I got. Anybody have any other announcements? Anything going on? Uh-uh. No? Well, George, uh, rem- I, just to throw this out there, and uh, and uh, remember how we talked about uh, the NLP uh, practitioner sessions that I'm going to be holding? Absolutely. Yeah, for folks, if anybody is interested, uh, I have a mastery level uh, certification in NLP pra- uh, as an NLP practitioner, which really focuses on uh, really unlocking that which is in the subconscious mind that's keeping us from moving forward, um, and it stops us dead in our tracks. So uh, I know one thing as a supporter to to you, Georgia, you're you're basically family. <laughs> Bottom line, you know, uh, I'm definitely I'm offering at least 25 free sessions. Uh, to anyone out there who is interested in doing this, and uh, we can cover anything from uh, looking at breaking habits or breaking some things that uh, that cover us, like with, with phobias or anything that's really stopping us, that, that that I can be able to do some sessions and be able to support you on getting to the next level in your life. So, George, I'm putting that out there. So anybody that's, uh, that's interested to uh, learning more about it, they can shoot me an email. Absolutely. And your email address is? Uh, you could send it to info at robscoaching.com and just mention Copy Cool Radio, um, you know, mention the show and, and just with regards to the session, and I'll be more than happy to reach out to you. And these sessions, I can do them over the phone, or we can come into my office in uh, in uh, West Hempstead, Long Island, and that'll be fine. Either way is fine. Radio Copy Cool membership has its privileges, baby. Right, uh, what one last thing? Uh, Fresh Farm Community Open Mic is starting at La Finca del Sur in the South Bronx Urban Farm. That's right. There's a farm in the Bronx, people, on 138th Street in Grand Concourse. Uh, the MC will be BobbyGonzalez.com from also a Capicu uh, team member. Uh, the dates start Saturday, June 1st, and they run all the way through August 30th. If you need more information, please go to BobbyGonzalez.com or go to Facebook.com/slash/BronxTaino. And you can get information about the Fresh Farm Community Open Mic. I gotta check them out. I haven't been to La Finca this uh during an open mic, so I gotta check that out. And I need to go buy some vegetables anyway. So we'll make it a we'll make it a veggie day. Veg, vegetables and poetry. Alright? Nice. Listen. I, like I thank you guys so much for being part of the show. 
as uh, as we close it and we wrap it up right now, we'll be back on the 26th. And on the 26th, we're going to be talking to um, Latino entrepreneurs that have found success, small businesses in the Latino community that have found success. Uh, we're going to be talking to a couple of different people. I, I'm, uh, I'm not going to announce it yet, but there's, there's one particular organization that I met in Miami that um, that really touched me in a different way uh, in terms of um, of how they uh, embrace um, life uh, by making other by, by putting other people first. I'll just say that. Um, so I'm in the process of solidifying them for that date. Um, I think that you definitely would want to hear some of the stories that that come out of this particular organization in terms of the work they do. So uh, that date again is May 26th. We will be on at 8 o'clock as usual. Thank you so much for tuning into the Capicu Show. Any last thoughts, Cynthia? No, it was a pleasure to be back, and I think this was a great topic. I hope we did it justice, and I just want everyone to see that they're not alone, which is, you know, the feeling that I felt at times prior to us talking about this. And I'm, I'm just so happy to be back. I missed it. All right. And if you want to connect with the team here, you can reach us at radiocopycool at gmail.com. You could also hit us up at Copycool Culture on Facebook, Copycool Culture on Twitter. And, of course, you could always find out what's going on with the whole Team Copycool Social Sofrito Collective by going to www.sofritoforyoursoul.com. I am George Torres, the Urban Hibaro, and I thank you so much for being with us. Um, and I'm still... Um, I'm actually trying to stall so I can find the right clip to play. There you go. Here we go. You ready for it? You ready for it? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it happens. It just happens that I don't have everything in front of me the way I need to. Um, but here it goes. I love that. Cultural <laughs> 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 <laughs>